was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hi! On today's episode, we're talking all about the brand new Rogue One trailer. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. Uh, Speaking of the show, you might notice that things sound a little different today. Do they? They do. We uh, have officially moved into our new place, and we are now in a much more acoustically appropriate carpet-filled recording studio room. Although the ceiling is higher. The ceiling is higher in here. So but the carpet is deadening the sound a lot, which is awful nice. That's good. We should get like padding for the walls, and then we can be crazy and don't joke about it i've got some ideas for that oh god seriously yeah absolutely but we have posters to go up on the walls yeah i know we can construct something with material on amazon that would just temporarily hang on the walls while we're recording to deaden the room further no 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 okay Uh, before we move too much further on, a note from our sponsors, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support the show. We're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Fill out your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. So uh, it's time for Fixer's Flash, but let's be honest, you and I have been too busy to do many geeky things of late. Yes, we've been doing things like going to Ikea and almost not fitting your purchases into the truck that you have, um, and then organizing rooms and still not putting stuff on the wall because you have too many other things to do. And taking out the dog, because you no longer have a fence. I can't wait to get our fence. <laughs> uh, but we have been up to a couple things. What about you, Nancy? What have you been up to? Uh, I have been reading the book club pick, Lagoon, by Nettie Okorafor. And I'm almost halfway done with it. I'm planning to be done by Dragon Con time, uh, so we can either record an episode before Dragon Con or after we get back from Dragon Con. And... Um, that is the pick for July, also August now, and um, September's pick will be Radiance, and I definitely have to get that because I have several people who are very excited about that book and talking about it. But um, yeah, still reading that, and um, also in a little bit, I will start reading Heir to the Empire for our Thrawncast read-through. That's very exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Uh-huh. That's about it, as far as geeky things. Uh, As for me, I've just been playing No Man's Sky when I have a few minutes here and there. Mm -hmm. How do you like it? It is the, it's what I wanted that Star Trek MMO to be, but Uh, ultimately wasn't. But it's a very relaxing, true escape as far as video game goes. I'm very much enjoying the very solitary exploration experience. Did you ever play that game Spore? I did play Spore. Did you like Spore? (laughs) <laughs> spore is one of the games that let me down because i got my hype up too i remember high. like that was one of the games that there was a lot of hype for and a lot of talk about and i remember people not being that happy about it yeah it was it was essentially three unfinished games kind of duct taped together oh that's not fun no it, it really wasn't uh, but yeah, No Man's Sky, a lot of fun, but I haven't been up to a whole lot of geeky things either. We've also been watching the Olympics cause it's there. Yeah, It's not really geeky, but you know, Olympics. Yay. Yay. Uh, I guess that brings us to what's new on the blog. 
Uh, we've got uh, several things. We've got Darth Vader number 24 review. Uh, also, uh, Poe Dameron number 5 just came out this week. Oh, I guess I can say I read Poe Dameron number 5, which was, you know, continues to be a very enjoyable comic, and I like it a lot. Um, we posted our second of Dice and Droids side episode, which was uh, The Siege of Higher Grand Moff Mantuin Mantuin Third, written by Brian and starring the cast of Rogue Prodron, uh, including Jay as the Bothan named Worst Idea. Yes, his name was Worst Idea. And, uh, There's a couple apostrophes, apostrophes in there, so yes. it totally makes sense. Yes, um, but that was super fun, and uh, Brian, you need to continue with that and that crew and write stuff for them. I think we have a unofficial agreement that between books, I'm going to write a continuing adventure for them, and they nice. will do a crossover episode with us. Now, here's a question, though. After they finish with the Back to War, are you going to continue on with a rogue squadron or move to race squadron or wait until they read race squadron to move to race squadron because oh. i think they need to visit a planet named agamar they they definitely need to visit the <laughs> planet called agamar oh yeah and uh this is going to be our plug if you're not listening to rogue podron you need to be listening to rogue podron you also need to be listening to up dice and droids y- you do mm-hmm um, and uh, Saf reviewed uh, Queerly Represent Me, which is, um, I, I couldn't, is it a game or is it a website? I think it's, it's like, a re- oh, it's, so it's a resource about games where it's, you know, talking about representation in games. So right up our alley. So um, you can go in there and see like what what games have representation that you're looking for. Very cool idea um, for indie games. And uh, we have a new con- contributor on the blog, uh, Amanda, who is ah um, oh, crap, I can't remember her Twitter name right now. Damn it, I'll look it up really quick. But um, so she is uh, Cam on the blog, and she will be um, writing columns every so often. Uh, her first one was about Leia, which is kind of her wheelhouse. Um, and she will also be one of our um, readers on the Throncast podcast uh, coming up. Oh, Manda the Ginger is her, uh, is her Twitter name. So that was a really good article. So you can... Uh, read that um and that's it for what's new on the blog exciting stuff yeah <laughs> uh brings us to deke's dirt news from around fandom and uh, we got to start on some sad news uh kenny baker passed mm-hmm. away uh yeah the actor sad. who brought r2 to life it was really sad um i i had met him at a like i think it was my first convention that i went to megacon back in like 2002 or two, yeah, it was no 2003, I think it was, but um, he was there, and I had I got his autograph, and he was just a a staple at cons over the years, and I heard that even as his health declined, he still made the trips to cons just because he liked to you know hang out, see fans, and meet fans, um, and you know while a lot of the R two work was done you know with the you know remote control r2 and cg r2 later on um it was really like him being inside r2 and giving the droid its personality in a new hope that made it r2 so lovable uh so that was really sad to hear and um you know we wish his family the best and you know star wars fandom gave each gave each other a big group hug yeah, and there there have been a lot of touching tributes written. Uh, one in particular by Peter Mayhew. Uh, you all should go yeah. look for and read. And it's, I don't. It's going to be really sad to watch Force Awakens for the first time after this because the whole thing is that R two is kind of in low power mode and comes back triumphantly at the end. And uh, it's sad. 
Um, Rebels returning on September 24th. Yay! We'll be out of town that weekend. At a wedding. And yeah, Saturday, 8 o'clock appears to be the new time slot for it, which... is stupid. Great. I'm, That's soccer night for me. Yeah, and I don't think we have... I don't. I'm pretty sure we won't have Rebels in our hotel room, but and I don't know what time they put it on Disney XD because I would like to just come back to the hotel and watch it that night. Because Thrawn, uh, if not, I'll watch it Sunday morning. But yeah, I I'm super excited because Thrawn, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Delray has released an interactive novel timeline. Yes, that was really cool. So it's it's mostly it's all the Delray novels right now, the canon novels. But you can go and look and see like when they fall in the timeline. Um, as people have pointed out, no, they don't include the non-Delray books. No, they don't include Legends books. Sorry, this is what they have right now. And on that note, it's time for Big's bullshit Star Wars film news: The Force Awakens is getting another Blu-ray release, this time on 3D, and this time with some additional bonus features. Yes, and I know a lot of people were really annoyed when this was announced. It was another money grab. Not like there hadn't been a million re- releases of oh, every movie. Come on. How many times have you guys bought the original trilogy? However, up. they did say when TFA came out on Blu-ray that a 3D release was coming later in the year. So... They they did tell you that it was coming. So I, I'm just kind of annoyed because we bought the Blu-ray um, and the digital copy. And now I wish we had bought, waited to buy the 3D Blu-ray instead of like the regular one. And this one has a commentary track, which I kind of want, which is probably going to get me to buy it again. Yeah. Damn it. <sighs> again, Lucasfilm, you get me to buy something again. Yeah. Uh, John Williams, uh, all indications pointing to he is returning to score episode eight. And some might say this isn't news, is it? But we had not gotten any indications, uh, that John Williams was coming back for episode eight until very recently. Yeah. I mean, he had talked about it saying that if he was able to do it, he'd want to do it mainly because he doesn't want anyone else writing music for Ray now. <laughs> um, Aww. so, uh, I guess he confirmed that he was and. Everyone had said that he was going to start scoring now, but it looks like he's just like seeing the movie, a rough cut of the movie, and then getting an idea for what he wants to write. Uh, But the actual scoring is going to come later because that's the last thing they do usually after the movie is pretty much edited. So. Uh, let's see. And uh, we got some Han Solo movie casting rumors. Yes. Uh, first, that they are looking for a young Lando, mm-hmm. which, neat, I'm glad. Yeah. Um, I We assumed that Lando was going to be in it. A lot of people did, so hopefully that's true. And you were excited about the like number one rumor for yeah (laughs) donald glover and i i i know some people roll their eyes over people fan casting donald glover but donald glover in a miller lord film would be off the charts great um but the other rumor is the one i'm more interested in yes that um Apparently, they're casting for the female lead. Uh, if someone had um, posted on Twitter that they had heard they are, you know, doing the, you know, getting the last bit of casting and none of the finalists for this role are white, which, yay, because diversity is good. <laughs> um, you know, we've got Han. He's a white guy. Uh if you have Lando, that's great. Um, but there aren't really uh, any like women of color in Star Wars uh, live action films. Uh, so having one in this movie would be great. Uh, there's a uh, Kelly Murray Tran who is going to be in Episode Eight. Um, but you know, having more is always always good. Absolutely agreed. Uh, that brings us now to Cammy's Concerns, the discussion topic for the week, and yeah, you guessed it, it's all Rogue One this week. Which is also kind of big bullshit, but... <laughs> yeah, but... 
Yeah. It's getting a it's getting a spot in Cammy's concern to deal with it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're starting with a confirmation from Jimmy Smith that he is back as Bail Organa. Yay! What? I'm excited. Just a little excited for that? Are you not? I mean, I'm excited. (laughs) Yes, he was apparently on, I think it was The Talk or The Chew or one of those shows, and they showed him a clip of him of the like behind the scenes reel where people said they thought they saw Bail Organa and he kind of like sheepishly was like confirmed about it um and uh yeah it was it was uh very cool and he said you know kind of like it's a very small part which is what people assumed that would be more of a cameo but um I'm really glad because he was one of my favorite things about the prequels i was really sad that his role wasn't bigger than it was in the prequels um like i wish he had been revenge of the sith bill organa throughout the entire trilogy Uh, don't we all (laughs) well because like he was such he was so cool in that in in that movie and we really didn't see him at all in attack of the clones we didn't see him he wasn't in Phantom Menace. He was barely in Attack of the Clones. And then Revenge of the Sith, he's, you know, super awesome Bail Organa and ends up adopting Leia. And you're like, I would have liked to see more of his relationship with Padme to see why they give him this child to adopt. <laughs> so I, I'm very glad that there are. And I love him. Um, I know it's not Jimmy Smith, but I love when Bail Organa is on Rebels, so... Is that Phil Lamar who does them on Rebels? I believe so, yes. Awesome. Uh, Entertainment Weekly articles. Yeah, so just like uh, with Force Awakens, there was a bunch of Entertainment Weekly articles about Rogue One. They had some earlier in the year where they revealed the characters, and uh, this time they they had a few more articles about... um, no, they had one about Saw Gerrera and, you know, Forrest Whitaker, how he prepared for the role. And he said he, you know, he watched Clone Wars, uh, the episodes with his characters. They had some more about, you know, just uh, very various characters in the in the uh, in the film. Um, and then we got uh, a new trailer playing with the lamp. Oh, d- did we? Yes. Did we? But we also got an international trailer in which there was even more more information. And then today, uh, yesterday and today, Empire Magazine revealed uh, two covers, one with all of the rebels and then uh, the other one with uh, Director Krennic and his Death Troopers. Let me be the first to say hot damn Krennic. Uh, No, that was me who was the first one to say Hot damn Krennic, and I hate you for making me have the hots for a villain, but god damn, he looks good in that cape. He's Silver Fox in an Imperial uniform <sighs> with a cape, I mean. Seriously. Uh, what, what more can you say to that? Right? Uh, so yeah, the trailer proper aired during the Olympics. Um, they made us wait uh, until like the 10 o'clock hour. And what events were going on that day? Was it swimming? It was the Michael Phelps, Ryan Lochte. Oh, it was which, the Phelps and Lochte show, right? Which, where Phelps just blew everyone out of the water. Um, and then we had to listen to Ryan Seacrest, but I forgave him because he introduced the trailer. I mean, that was just insult to injury there. I mean, we're yeah. waiting, we're up for hours and then, oh, Ryan Seacrest. Come right? on. Uh, I'm I kid. I kid. Uh, yeah, so, trailer. We yes. have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, first thought, Jedha looks really cool. Yeah, so Jedha is the planet we see, like, in the beginning. There's a voiceover from Forrest Whitaker where he's saying, like, Imperial flags fly throughout the galaxy, and it's very foreboding, and we see Jedha looking all desert-y, uh, but apparently it's a very, it's cold. It's like permanently frosted. And I think it's a moon. I think they said it was a moon. Um, and speaking of Forrest Whitaker, um, they said that, so his appearance in the first trailer where he's got like the shaved head, um, 
is in the movie as well as yeah that's not that's not a continuity error between promotional stuff and trailers yeah. and such that's intentional yes. in the film so in the promotional images where we see him with the hair you know the grayish hair uh his appearance changes and i i want to know how it changes is it a flashback or is it like he shaves his head throughout the movie like i very very curious to see how they um how they how they do this um and uh there's some dialogue from Cassian which is very cool where he says that he's been recruiting for the Rebe- rebellion for a long time which made me think of rebels and fol- the fulcrum alias and you know I think even if he's not directly tied to that alias I think it's a neat tie-in with rebels and they can definitely do something on that show to kind of reference what he's talking about. Well, they've talked in the past that there are some ties in Rebels coming to Rogue One, mm-hmm. or ties to Rogue One coming in Rebels. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really curious about what those ties are going to be. Yeah, well, Gary Ritter wrote some of the episodes, so. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Gary Ritter did write some of the episodes. Yeah. Gary so. Ritter much, much, much must be on just cloud nine right? these days. Right? It's good to be Gary Witta. I, I'm kind of sad they haven't had him. They didn't have him at Celebration London, and I'm kind of hoping that he has an appearance at Celebration in Orlando, because that would be kind of cool to, like, get, like, insight on, like, his draft, and then, you know, what was what they came in and changed afterwards, you know, because he's still on, you know, He's credited, obviously he's credited, so, and he said, you know, a lot of the stuff that's his ideas are still in the movie, so. Um, they um, have the same kind of dialogue with Jin and Mon Mothma and the other re- rebel officer, I, I don't remember his name, where, um, uh, you know, Mon Mothma says, you know, that a major weapons test is imminent and we need to know how to destroy it. So my question is, is Jetta the subject? And I think a lot of people are saying that, yes, it is. Because uh, later on, um, Jang Wen's character, Baze, says, they destroyed our home and I fight the Empire now. Uh, And we see him, you know, taking up arms and... Uh, looks like you know clouds of destruction on the planet so kind of wonders like are they testing on Jetta to make sure everything is working correctly and then Alderaan later on is the operational obviously I don't think they destroy literally Jetta but I could see it sort of like a being a test of raising you know raising the surface and then Alderaan is poof you know so. That's some terrifying thoughts right there. Right? <laughs> um, so the next part we see is this this trailer was more of introducing to the characters, whereas the first one was more of the plot. This one you see part you see, you know, Cassian, you see as he's been recruiting for the rebels, you see um Baze saying, you know, he's fighting the Empire. Then we get um Chirut who's Donnie Yen's character. And holy crap, I think this was the moment that everyone was talking about in the trailer. Even more than the end, I heard more people talking about this. Oh, uh, totally agreed. This is what I saw people talking about the most. And this was when he basically, you know, takes down those stormtroopers with his staff weapon, whatever it is, and says i fear nothing all is as the force wills it and what a great line that line is so good what a great line and i know a lot of people were really excited about this because of with how much the jedi order has been you know inspired by samurai warriors and how much uh George Lucas was inspired by kurosawa films it's very cool to see actually see and Asian actor, you know, kicking ass in this movie. Um, and then we get uh, introduction to K2, the droid, uh, who is awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. K2 is great. 
Uh, he has very um, sarcastic dialogue where he says, you know, the captain says, you are a friend. I will not kill you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. And he's very tall. Uh, so you can see why he was a, a mocap mo character. Um, I I love, you know, sassy droids. And I'm, it's very interesting that this is, you know, he's Cassian's droid. Um not Jin's, and we we'll see how that relationship develops. And it's kind of similar to where we see in The Force Awakens where BB-8 is Poe's droid, but he ends up, you know, becoming close with Rey. So the same with, you know, A New Hope. R2 was technically the Organa's droid, or Captain Antilles' droid, and then, you know, he became Luke. So it's a theme. Let's see. Oh, we're... we're what do we oh. got next? Uh, oh, right. This the is other such, scene everyone was talking oh, about. This, uh, this is such a cool shot, even though it was a weirdly controversial shot. Why? Um, because people are hung up on things like this. <laughs> the upside down Death Star. Yes. Re remind everyone that in space, there is no gravity. So there is no gravity. There's a, there is no up. There is no down. However, the enemy's door is down. The enemy's gate is down. The enemy's gate is down. Yes. Thank you, Ender. Thank you. Uh, but, um, yeah, they, there's, from the camera angle, the Death Star is upside down. The, the laser part is facing the planet. So, like, if you're thinking of how a space shuttle orbits the planet, orbits Earth, it orbits, quote unquote, upside down so that the Halo bay doors are open facing the earth so and you can see in the shot later where krennic is in the room like the observation room with all of the officers they're looking at the planet so obviously the laser part is targeting the planet and this mm -hmm. is why i think they don't necessarily destroy the entire planet but just burn it also am i the only one who thought that looked like a cocktail party <laughs> A cocktail party? <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people in nice outfits standing around in front of a big view screen. A I mean, it would be like the Empire to hold a cocktail party while they're destroying a planet. Yep, yeah, yeah. And Krennic is mad about something when this is going, or I don't know if it's this, that scene or afterwards. He just, there's this part where he looks mad. So it's like, does the test not go well? Is he getting words that the plans have been stolen? Is he getting uh, some pushback from one Vader? I, I mean, I fully expect for Krennic to bite it at the end of the movie. Oh, I think gonna it's going to be the more of a spoiler if he does not get Beheaded I mean, by Vader. We're all expecting Krennic to get Vadered, right? Uh, yeah. Because if he fails... You uh, failed me for the last time, Krennic. I mean, if he doesn't fail, the fact that they destroy ended up destroying the Death Star, Palpatine is going to kill him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I can see him surviving only for Vader to say something like, the Emperor will deal with you. And then it's like, well, you're dead. <laughs> Um, so based on the trailer and what we've seen in like the posters and everything, it looks like the cli big climactic battle at the end is happening on Scarif, the, which is uh, the jung or the, uh, beach, beachy yeah. paradise world, which is going to be really interesting to see a war happen there. Um, but yeah, that's, it's what it looks like to me. Um, which I think is going to be a very cool sequence. Um, I don't know where this comes into play in the movie, but all I know is that there were X-Wings flying through a canyon at night, and it looked freaking amazing. Oh my god, yes. Ah, I lost it at that shot. Yeah, I mean, because we knew from the very beginning, the very first Force Awakens teaser, that we were going to see x-wings uh because we see you know poe dameron in the x-wing in that very first teaser even before we knew his name uh and then in the second teaser we saw more x-wing action where you know the fight over take adana and then in the we you know we we kept seeing more and more of the x-wings so we knew you know being poe being a major character we were going to see x-wings now 
with Rogue One, everyone assumed it was going to be about pilots from the beginning, and it's not. But, you know, this shot, I'm kind of like, okay, is this just, like, residual, like, other parts of the battle we're seeing or is there some x-wing people that we see or do, do does Bodhi fly an x-wing or Jin fly an x-wing or someone like because we see her in the imperial uh pilot outfit so yeah i want to know who is who's flying those x-wings it's very important that it's, I know. A, it's an important question that mm-hmm. must be answered yes uh, let's see. Uh, j- the shot of Jin on the tower. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so she basically is walking out on this tower, and then like it looks like she's limping, and then a Tie Fighter rises up to face her. So I've seen a lot of speculation about this scene, um, and I want to get your thoughts for one of them first who is in the fighter i think it's someone friendly you think it's a friend and not a foe yeah but i think it's a surprise yeah to her or to the audience or to everyone why not both (laughs) i can go either way i can see it as like her ultimate doom but i can also see it as her going out to send the transmission which she thinks is going to be her last act and then the fighter coming up and it's someone who what i think is interesting is she is very much alone yeah that tower she's alone so is everyone else dead or is she just goes up there by herself uh either option is plausible with this movie uh, very much so. Yeah. Um, and then I thought I saw a lot of speculation that um, the her dad might be in the X-Wing. Yeah, I've seen that too. I don't know if I buy that, but it's an interesting theory. Yeah, that would be, it would be a much, it would, if it's going to be a surprise, that would be kind of like the biggest surprise. Um, and... There was someone on Twitter had done a bit of sleuthing and 1138 retweeted it where the tower that we see in the trailer, the first trailer where they're, uh, the, the AT-ATs are coming towards them and they're running towards the AT-ATs, uh, there's a tower in the background. Um, that tower is definitely the tower Jin is on. Uh, you know, they... they there's screen caps you can see and of close-ups of what that tower looks like. And then, you know, side by side with the tower Jin is on. And you can tell it's definitely the same one that she's on. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they fight to get to that tower and why they have to get to the tower. Like, because she has tapes in her hand. You know, we saw the, 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 um, the, what do they call it? The sizzle reel at Celebration, that scene of them running. She's definitely holding the tapes in her hand. Yeah. So does she transmit them because she thinks they're all going to die or, or. Yeah. Is this the transmission that was intercepted? Yeah. Or is this, you know, kind of like a bait and switch sort of thing? I'm really curious to see how that plans out. And if it if it is where she's going up there to transmit, does she get dropped off up there? Does she fight her way up there? Because that's a long way to fight, to climb up, you know, and to fight. Um, which, and considering she's alone, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm getting more and more excited for this movie. Yeah, and mostly because I don't know how everything ties into, like, kind of like how I didn't really know with The Force Awakens, like, what scenes happened that here and here and here, you know? I didn't have a kind of idea of the flow of the movie, and Rogue One is the same way. Like, obviously, the beginning is, you know, Jin getting recruited, but there are scenes on Jeddah. 
There are scenes on Scarif, you know, this all the scenes with Krennic. We still don't know who the hooded guy is from the first trailer. Uh, so obviously we're going to end on Scarif, but, you know, I'm curious, like, when do we go to Jeddah? Is that where they find Jin, Or, you know, does she go there afterwards or what? So I'm very, very curious about all of it. Yeah, there's a still a bunch of uh, questions to be answered. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we know this was coming, but just when everything was over, you thought everything was over. Still a very cool moment. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Vader. There's only about like a second of it. And it's just the back of his helmet and breathing. Um, but it's a very foreboding shot. Um, and I'm hoping that the amount of Vader in the trailer is proportion is proportionate to the amount of Vader in the actual movie. Yeah, I think in a movie like Rogue One, it's uh, apply Vader sparingly. It's the same as with Rebels. You don't want to use Vader too much because this is not his main arena yeah like the season two finale i think should be the last time we see vader in rebels yes um because if he is thwarted by lesser opponents it kind of weakens him as a character same with like palpatine um so like the only person who should be able to hold a candle up to vader is luke and even in empire luke once vader starts you know, releasing his full power, Luke gets his butt kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, the rebels have gotten away out of sheer luck. Um, so I think kind of they need to be done with that now. And I, it sounds for, you know, for all intents and purposes that they are, you know, Vader is kind of has no reason to pursue them because Ahsoka is not with them anymore. And, uh, now we have another person pursuing the rebels. Which so. <laughs> I think fits more thematically with the show. Yes, and they can do whatever they want with him. They can even kill him if they want to. They certainly could. Which I hope they don't, but still. Um, and, you know, in in Rogue One, you know, we know that Vader is pursuing the Death Star plans at the beginning of A New Hope, but... You know, he's not the person in charge of the Death Star. Tarkin is. And, you know, I I think having someone other than Vader be the villain and fail is a lot better than having Vader be the villain. And that fails, fails, you know, because he fails later on in the movie, you know, when he doesn't kill Luke. So Um, and plus, you know, you can do more with you can do more with Krennic and plus, you know, having a new character is kind of neat. Agreed. Uh, we also got an international trailer. I think, uh, was this China market or the Japan market? I'm not sure what it was. So yeah, I don't know. Um, there were some additional details that were released here. Uh, they, and it starts with that briefing scene where they say they've intercepted a coded Imperial transmission. Yes. Which is, I want to know, is this something that they, um, is this something that was sent purposefully to the rebels or is it something like they intercepted, like that was meant for someone else? Because the interesting part is that it was sent by, uh, Jin's father. Yes. So yeah, that's very interesting. So that brings up some questions. Is he still working for the Empire? Did he turn traitor? I really want to know the answer to that question. Uh, The idea of him turning traitor is really, really interesting to me. (laughs) Um, Because, like, he... what, What we know about him is that he's a scientist... I am assuming just because of what we know about the movie so far that he is he has done research with the super laser. Uh, like basically he's the person responsible for it. He is the Quizux. Yes. 
yes. I use that reference. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. And uh, so does he, is he like fully on the side of the Empire or is he kind of regretting this? Like sort of like, you know, the whole idea that the scientists who worked on the Manhattan Project were kind of like really regretful of that it was used as a weapon, you know, and that sort of thing. Is he like, oh, crap, they've used my research for this, or is it I'm working for them? And, yeah. And is he sending this to warn them that this is going to happen? Is he the person who designed the uh, thermal exhaust port? You know, is he the one that designed that flaw? purposefully so someone could destroy it oh god uh, so many things i need to know and the other thing i'm curious about is why do they send Jin? do they send Jin because it's her father and if he's a good guy are they sending her to try to get him you know and bring him back to the rebels um is is like is that their plan to to rescue him and then they have to get the plans instead like there's so many possibilities that are very fascinating and the one thing that popped through my mind when they said you know the message was sent by your father my immediate thought was in indiana jones in the last crusade when he's like you should have gotten my father he was a grail expert he's like your father is the man who disappeared i'm like that sort of thing <laughs> i don't know why but that's exactly what i thought of oh i love that comparison and image i love it i don't know why so yeah, he's he's the character we know the least about, and so I'm interested to learn, you know, who where his allegiances lie. Yeah, so here we are. We know a bunch more about Rogue One now that we didn't before, but now we just have more questions. Yeah. So what are you most looking forward to with Rogue One? You mean other than X-Wings? Yes, because that's the default answer for everything. <laughs> um... I, I hate to be the continuity guy, but I'm really, really looking forward to seeing how this film ties into the events in A New Hope, stuff in Rebels, because this this just feels like a bridge, and mm -hmm. I am so excited to see how it does that. Yeah. Um, what characters are you most looking forward to? Uh, Jin and Cassian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely Jin and Cassian for me. Yeah. I, I'm i really intrigued by that relationship. I hope it's... I, I wouldn't be opposed if there's some romance elements there. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not someone who's like, oh, it has to be, everyone has to fall in love. I'm also not someone who's like, no romance at all. Like, I think if it fits, you know, then, you know, it works. You know, I really hate when people say they're they're too busy to fall in love. There's too much at stake to have a romance because like isn't that when like people fall for each other when stakes are high and the emotions are high? You know, that's why I hate when people say, "Well, Hera's, you know, working with the rebellion. She's got that to worry about." It's like, "Wait, so you can't have a relationship if you have an important job or you have things you care about?" Like, well, then what's the point? <laughs> you know, like that's you know, what pushes a lot of people, you know? So to say that you can't have a relationship and be someone important in the rebellion is kind of like, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I don't like that either. But, but I don't, I also I don't think this movie needs that. No, but I also don't like the idea of we have to pair everyone up. So it's like if there's like flirtatious banter, like I'd kind of be like, okay with that, you know? I hope there's flirtatious banter, but I hope it's between two other characters. Baze and Shroot? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if there would be flirtatious banter. I think they're, if, if you know, I don't expect them to be in a relationship because they never do what I want them to do, even though the information from Entertainment Weekly clearly made it seem like they're a couple. 
I think they're more of like a long term couple who've been married. They're common for, law. They're common law married. Yes. So um, they'll be the the f- friends, quote unquote. So yeah, but I know like I know a lot of people find Diego Luna very dreamy. So I can see like him and Jin kind of flirting, but that's about it. Um, I don't know. I th- I think I'm still really most curious about Krennic and it's not just because of the cape I just find his character really interesting and I think it's kind of like morbid curiosity because I you know do have this belief that he's going to die so it's like kind of like oh you're dead man walking I want to know all about you Oh, uh, he, he's going to get a comeuppance. That's going to be so amazing. I and like, and I can see it being something that's totally left off film. Like you don't see it. Ha- like it's kind of like you, you see him. He turns around, and then you hear Vader, and then a door shuts. Yeah, and you know exactly what his fate is. Well, it's like um, in A New Hope when Vader comes into Rebel to Leia's cell and says, "You know, we'll discuss the location of the Rebel base." You see the interrogator droid, and then the door shuts, and that's it. I mean, that's really all you need to do to just say what happens to Krennic is you hear Vader breathing, door shuts. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I mean, because I mean, I think it'll be it'll it'll be something super quick, like he gets his head cut off, you know, or something to that effect. But I I would find it much more chilling to not know what happened behind closed doors yeah you know vader's there and he's angry and you just use see your imagination this look of absolute terror on krennic's face after he's been super in boss in charge the entire movie and you're like oh shit yeah so i'm excited yes i'm really excited what about like action sequences i can't say x-wings again okay (laughs) x-wings well i am too because so if you think of the crawl for a new hope it's rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the galactic empire so it's not just Jin and crew who are stealing the plans because that's just part of the battle you know during the battle rebel spies manage to steal plans so that's just one part of it so I have a feeling like the whole X-Wings that we saw is the larger battle. And what I'm curious is, are we going to see bits of the larger battle like in depth? Or is that just going to be going on in the background while the Rogue One crew? Yeah, is the it, is it like uh, is it like Yavin or is it going to be more like Starkiller Base? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yes, X-Wings. X-Wings, yeah. I, I'm also curious to see if there are any more women in this movie besides Jin and Mama. If I have any disappointment so far. And I hate bringing it up. Like, I'm not going to harp on it all the time. But I just feel like I want to shake Star Wars and be like, look, you are doing really, really well when it comes to people of color in this movie. There are very few white men. Uh, and you've got a lead female character, which is great. However, you know, there are other women that you can put in background characters. And you could have had other women playing some of these like, ancillary we, we roles. Paused, we paused that shot when they were on board that shuttle. And uh-huh. Jen's like, are you with me? And we're like, any women there? Any women? Ah, yeah. No. Yeah. And, like, I saw people saying, well, this is just reflecting real life. And I'm like, it's not real life. It's in space. Also, there are lots and of women. listeners, you can't see the gesture I'm giving to that comment. And also, there are lots of women in the military fighting. Uh, and, like, okay, if you want to be stupid and say, well, women aren't fighting on the front lines. Okay, well, what about all the other women who are in the rebellion and other roles? So, you know, there's no... There's no reason like Bodhi's character who is a, you know, cargo pilot couldn't have been a woman. There's no reason why 
K2 could have been a female droid instead of a male droid, which we hardly ever see, you know. There's no reason Krennic couldn't have been a lady, even though I love him, you know. So that's just, those are the kinds of things we harp on. Like, intersectionality is a thing that exists, and we would like for Star Wars to have it, you know. Have everyone of all colors, white, black, and to be clear, as what we're talking about with intersectionality here, we can very much appreciate what they have done, which we do. We very much do. <laughs> and I think that's why I am disappointed, because they have one area so well and not the other. It's like, they're like, we're going to really strive to have a lot of ethnic diversity we have two asian characters two asian actors um we've got you know a a a hispanic actor and it's like oh you know no white men in the main crew but you only have one girl and she's white so it's like and yeah, so close. And you have Mon Mothma, which I think is is great that they included Mon Mothma and A plus for that. But that's still only two out of all of the cast of the movie. Now, if you get some lady pilots in there, yes, or just lady soldiers or some something like this is the kind of and 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 I would be you know I'd be saying this if they were all women, but they were all you know white woman you know and i you know i know people had that criticism criticism of criticism of ghostbusters and you know i do agree they could have had you know more than one black lady ghostbuster but it's like it's a two-way street and they need to focus on both aspects and you know tfa was great because you had uh the ethnic diversity with you know finn and poe but you also had like Ray and here's all of these Phasma awesome women in the background. Leia, you know, yeah, there were you were lots of women who talked. <laughs> so you know, but again, you know, we haven't really had a lot of women of color, and you know, we can just do more with women in general. So, but that doesn't take away from the good things the film does either. It doesn't, and like I wouldn't criticize if it was something I didn't care about. You know. And I'm still going to go to the movie and love it, but I will roll my eyes at Smurfette Syndrome in 2016. <laughs> and those who don't know, Smurfette Syndrome is when there's one female character out of the whole bunch based on Smurfette. You can read up on that in TV Tropes, and I'm sorry for now costing you six hours of your life. Aw, oh, man. Why'd you do that? <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts before we close out? Um, I'm very in intrigued by the fact that they gave us another trailer so early. Um, it's only August and we've had two long, substantial yeah, trailers for already. TFA, we didn't get another one till was November, right? It's October. But we had the teaser one, which basically gave us nothing except what the characters look like and what they were doing. Um... We got the second teaser, which gave us a little more kind of a atmospheric tone of the plot. And we learned more about like what was going on in the galaxy. But it wasn't really until the first trailer we got an idea of the plot. And even then, we still didn't know a lot. So we know a lot more about Rogue One than we did about TFA. And I have a feeling that trend is going to continue with episode eight. Yeah, definitely agreed. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up there today. Actually, no, uh, we're going to pre, uh, next week we are speaking with Brandy, the track director over at the Star Wars track at Dragon Con, which we will be attending in two, two weeks. weeks. Yes. Two weeks. Ah! Uh, I'm not ready. Yeah, we are, um, going to be on some panels of the Star Wars track again. I uh, want to quickly run down what we're on. Uh, thought we would do that next week. Well, we can give a preview here and then go into more depth next week. Uh, I we're you and I are both on the Force Awakens kind of recap panel. Uh, I'm on the episode, the Rogue One and Episode Eight panel, which is going to be mostly Rogue One. I think we've decided uh, because that's what we most know about. Uh, talk a little bit about Episode Eight, but we don't know as much about that. So, um, also, I am on the Rebels panel which 
will be me just going Thrawn! And we are both also on the uh, music of the Force Awakens panel. You are on that panel. You're not on that one? No, I'm oh, not on I'm that sorry. Uh, let's see. I'm on the music of the Force Awakens. I am also on the representation in Star Wars panel. Yay. Yay. Uh, let's see. We uh, might which, be on another panel, but we're not 100% sure. It's not 100% yet. sure yet. It looks like it, but it looks like there's going to be a new lit canon panel, yes. and uh, both Nancy and I will be on that if it happens. We have things we can talk about for uh, that. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, let's see. I am going to be on an LGBTQ representation in military science fiction panel. Yes. Yay. Yay. And I may be on a Star Wars gaming panel. I'm just waiting to hear back from the gaming track on that. Mm. Yes. So we'll be all around and you can find us at Dragon Con. And if you are going, please go visit the Star Wars track. It is awesome. Um, they are going to burst at the seams this year. And I'm pretty sure Dragon Con is going to need to give them two rooms next year because like it's it's ever since the sale, it's gotten more and more popular. And last year before TFA was out, like the panels were filled for every we we did every we did show. a we did a Star Wars and Disney Parks panel at 10 a.m. otherwise known 10 a.m. on a Saturday otherwise known was, as Hangover. I think it was 11:30. Uh, it was still Hangover. But it was early. But we, and, and I don't think either of us were expecting it to be as filled as it was. But it was, and that was you know I'm 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 expecting pretty much every panel to be that way, especially you know Rebels with the Thrawn news and you know Rogue One. It's yeah I I, I and they're gonna get they're getting more and more guests, you know. And as we say every time uh, Dragon Con rolls around the corner and we're talking about heading out there, uh, Dragon Con is the best Star Wars programming this side of celebration. Yes, it is definitely. Um, so yeah, we'll be talking with Brandy next week. We'll be pre previewing all of the options and panels and things Star Wars related coming to Dragon Con. We are also going to be recording of Dyson Droids. Yes, the Rebel team is back next Friday. Yay! Finally, I've missed I've missed my crew. Um, and then Monday, the uh following Monday, we will be. Uh, recording our premiere introductory episode of the Thrawn cast, which is our Thrawn trilogy read through podcast uh, with well, me, you and a few other folks. And we'll be reading a couple chapters a week. So it's a nice leisurely pace. Yes. So if you want to read along with us, we highly encourage you to do so. Yep. We'll be posting our schedule so you can follow along with us um and we have planned out the schedule so that we will finish at the end of march just in time for thrawn to be released and celebration seven or whatever it is now eight i don't know celebration orlando 2017 uh and um also having ideas of maybe if they do a podcast track to maybe pitch a episode there where we talk about Thrawn. <laughs> yes, uh, we might do that. Which we require either us to get advanced copies or read very, very, very quickly. And something else I need to pitch soon, uh, if they open up invitations for the podcast track, is a live of Dyson Droids now, gameplay that session. we definitely need to do. Because we did Tashi Station at the last you know, celebration, which was fun, but I think doing of Dyson Droids would be amazing especially if we can get tom to come uh you know Del, folks at tom superiors at delray if you're listening please let him just release him for, for an hour for an hour <laughs> and um if we can get guests uh, uh like maybe um chuck wendig if he comes to celebration that would be kind of awesome uh you know other people i bet we could get um if heather antos comes from marvel i bet we could get her to I'm just volunteering people to come on and play characters on of Dice and Droids. Speaking of which, Heather, open invitation to join us on of Dice and Droids. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up there. A lot of podcasts coming soon. And uh, we actually have a new project in the pipeline we haven't announced yet. Uh, we're working out details oh. now. Can't wait to get this out I just out gave to you a look like, 
what I'm not doing another podcast. And no, I not you, I not I. Yes. No, not us. Um, but another show yes. on our network will be hosting. Uh, we're and, ironing out details now. And we, you know, keep in mind we've got all the shows are recording over the next week, but then also we will be posting a lot of podcasts from Dragon. Con. Yes, uh, we will be doing what we normally do. Uh, Brandy is gracious enough to grant us access to the track room mixer, so uh, we'll be getting live audio from Dragon Con, and every night uh, I'll be uploading stuff for you to listen to. And we might also record there with uh, folks in our room. We're not sure yet. We'll we, we we might have some special guests. <laughs> yes. Stay tuned. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up there. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the link on links on the blog. Help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. On Facebook, we're the Tashi Station Network. Uh, we're available on the iTunes stores. Uh, you can find our columns and news at Tashi-Station.net. Thanks for listening to another episode. Catch you all next time. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 o